0: Hey there, folks. I'm Bryce Holdaway. He is Ben Kingsley, and we are the co-authors of the Armchair Guide to Property Investing, How to Retire on $2,000 Per Week. We're super excited to bring this new podcast to you where we unpack all of the chapters inside our best-selling book that's now sold over 22,000 copies and counting so that you can design the lifestyle that you want on the way to a passive income of $2,000 per week. So dive in, enjoy each episode as you get the behind-the-scenes on the best-selling book, *The Armchair Guide to Property Investing*. Hello, all mate. Right. Hello, Ben. How are Hello. you? Doing? How you going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm alright. How are you? <laughs> so hey,
1: you, let's do the high five. Three. All right. See two. One. You line go. It up. Hey. Okay. that work? <laughs> Here we
2: go. Hey, yeah. Uh, how are you going, folks? I'm Bryce Holdaway. He is Ben Keasley. We are the co-hosts of the Property Couch, and we, uh, Ben, we appreciate that lots of people are in isolation right now all mm-hmm. around the world. So, what we thought we'd do today is uh, we've got our best-selling book, The Armchair Guide to Property Investing, and we're going to go through chapter by chapter uh, and explain some of the core concepts in this book because. Uh, we've now sold over 20,000 copies of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really proud of uh, a couple of things, Ben. One, when we wrote it, we wanted it to be evergreen in nature, didn't we, Ben? We, we didn't did. want it to be amazing in time.
1: That's right. I mean, ultimately, the foundations and the principles in the book should be evergreen in regards to how you apply yourself to your money mindset and also organise your money, and then ultimately, how you set up and invest uh, for the long term. I mean, ultimately, it's all about land appreciation improvements on the land generating the income and when you get past that uh, you, you look pretty good after you know 10, 20 years of investing you've got a nice little passive income for life, Bryce.
0: Exactly. So folks you've got to be in
2: isolation so we're going to provide some information some content and hopefully it's uh, of benefit to you but a couple of things Ben. On page 32 of our book we've got this pyramid where mm-hmm. we take people on a bit of a journey Ben um, mm-hmm. to show them how we step them up so that ultimately The goal of this book is to get to the real life case studies at the end because we make a big bold claim on our book, Ben. It's the Armchair Guide to Property Investing and how to retire on $2,000 per week, Mm -hmm. passive income, that is six figures. And Ben, in a lot of cases we talk about the fact that you don't need to have uh, 10 plus properties, you don't need to renovate on the weekends. It's really just about uh, getting rich slow. Yep. Our book is a get-rich-slow property investing book, isn't it? It's not a get-rich-quick book.
1: No, it isn't, Bryce. And, and ultimately, from from where we stand, um, it builds momentum and it builds knowledge. And then, as we always talk about, we want you to take action on that knowledge as well. So, you know, it's a book we're very proud of because it, it'll basically be a book that, uh, you know, that you can pick up 20 years from now and should still be relevant. Property prices in there may not be, but uh, no, in, terms no. of, in terms of the theory, it should be.
2: It's the only it's the only thing that's not evergreen. But on the back here, we've got from Effie Zahos, who's the Money Magazine editor, uh, Nicola McDougall, who was the Australian Property Investor Magazine editor. These are at the time of publishing. And Neela Sweeney, who is the uh, managing editor of the Your Investment Property Magazine. So we're really, really proud to get their input to say, hey, look, this is a foundational book um, that will help people in the 90s, in the 2000s, in the 2020s, Ben. And our goal is that this book will serve you in the 2050s because the concepts are evergreen. Hey, let's kick it off today. We're going to talk about chapter one, yes. um, and we're going to progressively work through chapter by chapter the whole book, Ben. So stick around, folks. If you want to get involved, and let us know in any of the questions in the comments below, we'd be happy to uh, answer those. But Ben, the first uh, the first chapter is about build, building your own knowledge base, but in the in the lead up to that, we break it into three parts. The first part is the foundation, where we talk about the state of your mind plays with the state of your wallet. Mm-hmm. Now, part two is around the theory, and part three is around the action. So it's building the foundation. Part two is around giving you the information that helps you on that foundation. And then the last part is the, when the knowledge is empowering, but only if you act on it. I think a wiser person once said, so it's really about how you can do that. I so think- at the beginning of the foundation,
1: I was going to say, you know, when we were thinking about the structure of the book and and how we were going to talk about that, the the story behind that is is really around um, the research that is out there um, around money and money mindsets and money management, and um, there's quite a lot of people who are who are quite confident about their ability to manage money, but I think you see in certain times that shows up in regards to uh, challenges for household debt um, and what sort of buffers that they build and, and also how they, they go about that. And we've been really fortunate to, to interview thousands and thousands of people um, and to see, you know, a lot of tens of thousands of household budgets um, to form a view um, that there are sort of two different camps. There's the camps of the people who, are, who have optimism, and, uh, and a mindset that, that is about openness and awareness and an attitude to find that open and awareness and sort of build the knowledge around that. But there's also a camp that um, potentially based on their backstory and, and you know, the, the household that they grew up in, um, where money was challenging, um, it, what they weren't in control of money, um, then they experienced a deficit in terms of confidence to be able to move forward in regards to their to their ability to, to transform their household's financial position. And, and so when we decided to write this first chapter, we, we, we needed to go to the heart of the reason. We needed to go to put everything on the table, a bit like a scene setting exercise um, that we've just talked about, understanding why we feel the way that we feel, um, the psychology of money. Um, you know, hence the state of the wallet plays with your state of mind. And, and that's no chore in, in, you know, in, in times like today. So I think, I think that was the scene-setting bit. So it doesn't, it doesn't hit you with a, wow, sexy, bang, this can transform your world. It's actually more of, you know what, we're going to have an honest conversation with you about some of the things that, that position you for, for uh, foundation pillars that will then get you on this journey. And, and that's why we do talk a lot about um, that, you know, what mindset are you starting with? Are you starting with a, a theory that anything's possible and you can have abundance if you work really hard versus this is, you know, surely this can't happen to me. Surely I'm not worthy of this and those types of aspects, right, Bros?
2: Yeah, correct, mate. And um, I think it's a couple of good points that you make there, but um, two things that I want to set up as we go through this first chapter. one is one of the key topics that we talk about in our book is investing in property is a process, not an event. Mm. And in our observation of doing this for the last 20 plus years, uh, 20, 22 years uh, for me, a bit longer for you. You're a bit older oh, than me, mate. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> you had know, a little t shot. I got it. I um, got it. It landed. It landed. Is <laughs> that um, a lot of people think that investing in property starts with going to the portals mm. and? searching for properties mm-hmm. and um, clearly uh, we'll go into this in chapter three of the book where we're going to talk about our five step process but we we say that's step number four not mm-hmm. step number one yeah. so it's important that we get that concept to land that investing in property is a process not an event uh, because there are very very important steps that you need to follow before you buy investment property because we'll go through this in terms of building the base in in, in chapter two Ben when we go through the psychology of investing and we're going to talk about time target uh, income and expense and some of the risk profiles in chapter two, but chapter one is really about going, okay, we've got a headspace right, um, have we got the right attitude towards money? Because Dave Ramsey said, money is simple, behavior is hard. We've seen that uh, time and time and time again, because here's a little secret, folks, and um, I don't want you to tell too many people, but um, the concepts in this book, Ben, are not rocket science. Yeah. There's no- it's uh, second, it's probably primary school level reading. We'd like to think it's secondary level reading. <laughs> with the concepts within here. We with can only profession. write at
1: primary school level, right? So. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: so. So the fact is, if the concepts are so simple and they are straightforward, why isn't everyone doing it? It's because we let our head get in the way, don't
1: we? Yeah, look, I mean, and if anyone's got any questions about chapter one, you know, uh, give us a little question. Write some comments or, or fill it in, and we can we can hopefully get to answer maybe one or two of those as we go through the chapter. I um Ben, you talked about the
2: key concept of state of the wallet stays with the plate of the mind. Can you expand on that a little bit? Just to, want to um, try that to...
1: again. Did that did that come out right? Was it state of wallet plays with the state of your mind?
2: <laughs> oh, did I just throw my
1: hand. <laughs> <around it? laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, um, I'll see you. look, it, it does, and that is it comes back to the core belief. Um, and I had this when I was younger too, right? I grew up in a household where um, money controlled the household, right? And, and it was a tense topic to talk about. Um, and so you have to work reasonably hard to, to rewrite that um, dialogue in your own mind about um, being able to control money, right? At the end of the day, money is a commodity, right? It's a commodity. It's the biggest commodity in the world. Outside, in my view, of love and happiness, right? Those those commodities are priceless, and we should see more of those. But when we come back to fundamental finances and living, um, it's just a commodity, right? We work for it, we get it. It's bigger than oil. It's bigger than any other commodity in the world. So we need to learn a, a concept of um, how we can control it. And the concept of controlling money comes back to this idea that. You still have to spend money to make money, but you also have to earn money to start that journey first. And the state of the wallet versus the state of the mind, when we feel like we've got um, a, you know, a, a small balance or no money at all, it, it affects our behavior, it affects our psychology, um, it affects our happiness. And so part of that is the one uh, bit of passion that we have in terms of trying to make sure our community understands that. And on the other side of it is um, this false belief that, that most of us do it really well. Like, if we, on, you know, when we drill down to households and we, we have honest conversations where we're looking eyeball to eyeball for households and they're telling us, yeah, oh, we've got this money thing, don't worry about that, just tell us about the investment thing. When we drill down and have honest conversations with people, we go, really? You've got this? Here's what's happening with your money. And they go, oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, I didn't do that. Oh, I only have you know, one month's supply of, of buffer and all those types of things. So there is, for some people, an overconfidence. Uh, for others, there's this, uh, this lack of confidence around controlling money. And, and that's why chapter one is just about fleshing out the concepts and the ideas and then you taking away, as a reader, which pieces you need to be able to, to get to the openness. right? Because you know, where we want you to land after the end of chapter one is, I'm open. I've, you've reset my mind to believe that there is possibility here. And then, okay, how do I now reframe my mind and my own dialogue around taking that money story forward? And that's where the rest of the book then starts to take shape.
2: Yeah, Ben, I think uh, not enough attention is paid to anyone who wants to look after their financial well-being around money beliefs, the the beliefs that are core within us that we see uh, have the potential to actually make sure we stay on track if you've got the right beliefs or be an invisible derailer that sometimes people cannot work while they have continual money problems. So we have Dr. Kathleen Gurney here on page 36, Ben. Uh, We quote Dr. Kathleen Gurney, who's a, a psychologist and specialist in people's money personalities. And in her book, Your Money Personality, she says, our feelings toward it are not static, but fluid, dynamic, and sometimes intense, Ben. We love it, hate it, we fear it, we worship it, we enjoy it, but never can we ignore it. And uh, we also put uh, on page 37 an an interesting table around contrasting money attitudes and the conditioning. So Ben, I'll go through the have-nots, and then uh, maybe you can rip off the will-haves. But the have-nots tend to say, work harder to earn more, uh, struggle financially, make ends meet, have a scarcity attitude, uh, find money fearful and threatening, uh, believe it's their place in life, place too much value on how hard it is to get money, emotional attachment that controls them. So that's, that's the have nots and the won't haves that are that are having those um, stories and dialogues in their mind. But the will haves, Ben, are a contrast to that.
1: Yeah, they're totally a contrast for us. So the will haves will say work less to earn more, live comfortably, feel enriched, have an abundant attitude. Find money challenging, and but also see it as an opportunity. Believe anything is possible. Uh, value what money can seek knowledge and advice to take action that they can control it. So you can see the differences there that we're trying to articulate for the reader to see that journey. So if that makes any sense, do you give us some thumbs up um, if it's uh, if it's good for you in terms of how you're starting to see the scene setting that we do in chapter one um, to build out this confident piece to sort of say, if I'm negative, I'm now open. If I'm positive, I'm feeling excited um, around you know my money attitude and my money mindset to to take action.
2: So in summary, Ben, there's a couple of key messages here that we want to say. Investing in, pro- in property is a process, not an event. Um, a, a goal without a date on it is a dream. Um, so you need to be able to be very specific about what that looks like talked about money is simple behavior is hard um, around the state of your wallet plays with the state of your mind and then of course we all have different beliefs around money and so have a different outlook so what we wanted to achieve in this chapter is largely just building a foundation around the fact that it's not just a case of buying something and getting on with it there is a bit of foundational work within ourselves that we need to that we need to sort out because if we don't We've seen it time and time and time again where it becomes a derail down the track. So, Ben, on page 40 and 41, as we, as we close out this chapter, we have a couple of checklists for folks to run through in terms of getting mindset right. But you have a, uh, you have an action plan that people should, um, uh, consider doing. Um, and the first one is you reckon that people should sit down and document their personal values and goals so they get a better understanding of where they are and where they want to go.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, and to help with that, we also have a a really good list of inspiring ideas about what's important to you. So it it sort of gets the juices flowing around what, um, you know, aligning, um, you know, and documenting. You know, some people call it a vision board, and I quite like that idea in terms of, you know, those yeah. those money values and those personal alignment. Because at the end of the day, money will not buy you happiness, everyone. It is a complete lie if anyone tells you it will buy you happiness. If you align it to to personal values and to events and memory building and, you know, sharing, again, the biggest commodity in the world is love and friendship, okay? You, you align it with that and you are unstoppable. Um, and having enough money is important to be able to do some of those things because I do believe people would be sitting and say, if I had more money I'd feel happier. And in some cases there is a there is a research that does measure, but there is a tipping point where there is just no extra benefit you get out of having the most amount of money you have. And that comes back to what we talk about in terms of our, our seven stages of you know wealth and happiness, right? In terms of what that looks like. So I think that's good. So yes, there's some action steps there. Um, we won't give them all away. Um, but you can no. see them in, in the book there in terms of what you need to do to set yourself up because guess what? This information in here, this checklist, is a motivator. It should basically allow you to to take that action, which was what we were talking about, to get to the next chapter.
2: Yeah, very good, Ben. So that's uh, there you go, folks. That's Chapter 1. We are going to go through this chapter by chapter and uh, give you the key takeaways that we have from this book because it's really been a – an evergreen book that allows you to um, understand how to build a portfolio during pandemic times, Ben. During normal times, in the 70s, in the 2020s, all those sorts of things. So we're going to give people an opportunity, Ben, um, to listen to us. Um, let us know if this content is worthwhile. What you'd like us to do? Hey, Ben. The um, the next chapter is uh, the cycle. There we go. The next can't, chapter. Can't that We're going to go off screen.
1: Off screen. There we go. <laughs>
2: The next chapter we're gonna do is the psychology of investing, Ben, which we're going to talk about before foundational levers. So I'd certainly encourage folks to stick around and um, exactly, I like the analogy. That's almost a dance. <laughs> mate, that is, mate, if you do the shopping trolley for us, like that, we'd, uh, we'd be really going off. <laughs> so folks, here we go, hopefully that's benefit to you, uh, The Armchair Guide to Property Investing, chapter one, was building the foundation. Uh, next time we're going to do the four foundational levers, Ben. So uh, If you want to check out uh, more information, we have a podcast that goes out each and every Thursday at 3pm. You can go to thepropertycouch.com.au to check that out, Ben. Or go to wherever you have your favourite place to listen to podcasts. With there each and every week, Ben. But until next time, we read out a chapter, Ben.
1: Get your book so you can follow us reading the chapter. <laughs> No, knowledge is empowering, but only if you act on it. Very good. There you go, folks. See you next time.
0: Hey there, folks. Bryce here again. Just want to check in to say thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the podcast. Hopefully, it's adding some value and building a story on how you can create a $2,000 per week passive income in retirement so that you can design the lifestyle that you really want to achieve. Now, I'm super excited to say that I'm keen to get a copy of the book into your hands and I've made it super simple for you to be able to do that because Ben and I have bought a copy for you. We've paid for it and all we need you to do is give us two things. One, tell us the address on where you'd like us to send it anywhere in Australia and two, pay for the shipping to send it to you because we'll pay for the book if you pay for the shipping. So it's really simple. Just go to the leave your details there, and we will rush a copy out to you ASAP. And don't worry, given that you love audio because you're a podcast listener, we've got that solved too because you can actually get access to the audio book as well. Once you put your details in for a small fee, you can upgrade to get the audio book version so that you can listen whilst reading along at home. So get yourself a copy, go to thearmchairguide.com.au.